Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's 10 to nothing. What a start for Philadelphia. They're off to a good start. Doesn't matter. This game is ours as soon as we settle down. Hello, Steph Curry with back-to-back threes. Uh-oh. Joel says, come at me. Steph Curry now, 11 straight games with 30 or more. This guy is absolutely ridiculous. And that is probably an understatement, courtesy of Doris Burke. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, the Golden State Warriors are 29 and 29, and that is the epitome of average. But when it comes to Steph Curry, that's the only number, and believe me, we search far and wide. That's the only number we could come up with this season that even puts the word average or mediocre on Curry. That team's record, and you can't pin it on him. He's doing everything you possibly could without Clay, without Wiseman. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay will be back next week. We've got a pair of Super Bowl champions, of course, Key in his normal spot. We're joined by the Super Bowl champion, Chris Canty. Chris, good morning. Thanks for being here. And I know while the NFL is your expertise, you also love the NBA. So let me reel off a couple stats anybody would love about Steph Curry and then just get your thoughts. The phone lines are filling up too. You want to talk about the greatness of Curry, whether he ends his career in Golden State. Could he be a Laker? Could he go home to play in Charlotte? What do you think? Is he in the MVP consideration? 888, say ESPN. Chris, Last night, Curry scores 49, big win for the Dubs over a very good Sixer team. That's now 30 points in at least 11 straight games, the longest active streak by a player that's 33 or older. He also now has more 40-point games in April, 11th 40-point game in the month, passing Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan for the most 40-point games in a month by a player, again, at that threshold of 33 or older. They're 29 and 29. He's playing out of his mind. Tim Legler said, if you're voting for the MVP, top five, he's got to be in your top five. You on board with that? Yeah, I'm on board with that. I mean, the season that he's having is out of necessity. The Golden State Warriors have been struggling to find some kind of identity. It just hasn't been the same team. And the Clay Thompson injury doesn't help things. But Steph Curry has picked up the slack and then some. And he's carrying this team to an opportunity to compete in the postseason. I mean, right now they're in that seating with the play-in tournament. We'll see what happens with that the rest of the way. But just the way he's performed over the last, you know, call it three or four weeks, I mean, it's unbelievable. It feels like every night you turn on the television, Steph Curry is going for at least 10-plus three-point makes. It's just phenomenal what he's been able to do. You look at last night's game where you had a little bit of Curry on Curry crime. I mean, <laughs> the final three minutes, he drops three three-pointers, and he's hitting them from 27-plus feet out. Like, it's unbelievable what Steph Curry is capable of doing, especially when he gets it going the way that he's had it going the last month or so. I mean, it really is fun to watch. You're probably saying that this is the appointment television in the NBA when Steph Curry is cooking the way that he is right now. And, Key, think about it. Right now, you got Mitchell injured. Durant's been injured. He's injured again. Harden's been injured. Kyrie's been on personal leave. LeBron is injured. Uh, AD is going to be finally, hopefully, coming back this week. Kawhi and Paul George have been banged up. George had the toe injury. Jamal Murray's out for the year. I mean, this guy, to Chris's point, this is a reason right now to watch the NBA with the playoffs a month away. But you hit something earlier, which is to say, this is what we've come to expect from him. I just hope we're not taking his greatness for granted. Well, yeah, he filled it up again. What do you expect? Well, what do you mean, what do you expect? I mean, the great ones do it, but I just hope we're not taking his greatness for granted. Why, why would you take it for granted? You enjoy it. You know when I, when I 
turn on the television, only reason why I'm turning on to watch him do what he's always done. Right, he's 49, so, and we're like, well, 49 again. Like, we're just not appreciating. No, that's I appreciate it. That's why I'm turning it on. I turn it on so I can watch him cook people, so I can watch him handle and step back, and then bam, and everybody doing this and trying to close in on him, and guess what? Don't he's matter. shooting it at the bottom of the net, regardless, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's an art. You know, when you look at Ray Allen, you look at Clay Thompson, Reggie Miller to a degree, mm-hmm. any of the it, Dame Lillard, anybody that their stroke is pure and natural, and it's you, every time you're going to see the el- elbow a certain way, the wrist pop a certain way. With Steph, his legs might be kicked out. He just takes a poop. It's like I'm in the backyard playing horse. That's how he treats the game, even though his skill set is ridiculous, he just comes across half court and just launches the ball, and it goes in. It looks like it's fake. It doesn't look real. I'm serious, Canty. It doesn't look real. No, it doesn't. I don't know how you defend it at this point in the NBA. I mean, you're sitting there watching the highlights of it. How, if you get too close on Steph, you know he's a great ball handler. He's going to blow right past you. But if you don't push up on him, if you don't pick him up as soon as he crosses half court, I mean, you could be talking about the bottom of the net and them going back with three more points on the scoreboard. Like, he's just that special of a talent. He really has changed the way they play the NBA game. I mean, in terms of this dude being revolutionary in that regard, like, you have to give him his props for being able to do that. And I think this latest stretch is just the latest sign, the latest opportunity for him to show how truly great he really is. And all great players in all sports change their perspective sports game to some degree. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a, a smaller guard like Steph who's shooting from half court. I don't care if it's bully ball like LeBron James that is so strong to the cup that it's just his athleticism and everything that he's been able to bring to the table at six, seven and a half, six, eight, two hundred and forty, fifty pounds, where he's just dominating and he can play all five positions, something that we never seen before. Whether it's Michael Jordan with the swag and the and the tongue hanging out and his gracefulness coming to the cup, or whether it's Magic at 6'9", that's something that you've never seen, a 6'9 point guard be able to right. facilitate Playing and all push five the ball up the court and play off five positions. Every single time there's an athlete in their sport that changes it, whether it's a, a, a Lawrence Taylor on the outside edge mm-hmm. as a pass rusher that just all of a sudden you're looking for Lawrence Taylor every single draft. Mm-hmm. Like, people are literally looking for Steph Curry in junior high school right now. Those scouts are sitting there going, where's the next Steph Curry at? Yep, seventh overall pick in the 2009 NBA draft. Andre, North Carolina, hang on. I want to just say one thing before I get to you, and I know you've got something to weigh in with here. And when fans come back, the one thing that I used to love when I was working on SportsCenter for years, we would occasionally, because there was so much interest in this, and right now with just limited fans, you don't see it. But when fans are back and when the experience is truly back, Steph Curry's pregame warm-ups, nobody used to go to an NBA game to watch anybody warm-up. This is not baseball batting, batting practice, practice, right? Yeah. You go yeah. to BP, you watch McGuire, Sosa, or Key goes to Chavez Ravine, you watch the Dodgers, whatever, you're a Yankee guy. You do that. That's just part of baseball. In the NBA, the warm-up routines, the shot from the hallway, all that, the <laughs> dribbling, you know, Tim Legler said the most underrated handle in NBA history. Those little things, in addition to everything he's bringing night after night, the intangibles, the fun, the excitement, that'll all be back and he'll be a part of it as well. Can't wait to see the Warriors fully constituted when they get Clay back and Wiseman's back uh, off the shelf next year in his second year. Andre, North Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. We've been talking staff all morning long. Go ahead, weigh in. 
Good morning, fellas. Good morning. I, I'm a true sports fan, and the issue I had, guy earlier said, with a healthy Steph and a healthy Clay, I just can't put them in the realm with the Lakers. Well, as I recall, a healthy Clay, I think he holds the record for the most points in a quarter, 37. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, last time I checked, three is more than two. So when you got a healthy Clay and a healthy Steph, who are you going to go That's a good point. That was Travis Rogers who was here in the first hour. Essentially, I sort of said, can the Warriors creep closer to the Lakers key if they're once again fully healthy? And Trav closer kinda, to the Clippers. Yeah, in that, in that group. But uh, Trav kind of put the kibosh on that saying they're probably a ways away. Yeah, because you, you got two. You got LeBron. You got AD. They don't have answers defensively for those guys. And both of them can still knock down threes too. Mm-hmm. It's not like those are two-point conversions. No, they can hit threes too. And on top of hitting their threes, they also can get and ones. So it's like, I get it. I understand it. Golden State is, is if Clay was back healthy, they certainly could push the envelope in the, in the West. But I don't think that they'll be – on par with the Lakers. No, I don't, I don't think so. And that's a big if with Klay Thompson, right? He had the Achilles injury. He had the knee injury a couple of years ago. Like, it's a big question mark as to whether or not he'll ever be the same player that we remember from that Golden State Warriors dynastic run that they had in the middle of the 2010s. So, I just – as far as Steph Curry's future goes, I think if you're Bob Myers and you're Steve Kerr, you have to be concerned because right now he's playing outside of his mind in their ninth in the Western Conference. So you're wondering, you know, what the actual ceiling on this Golden State team is. And if you're Steph, do you want to waste the tail end of your prime years with the Golden State Warriors or do you want to position yourself where you're and have an opportunity to compete for championships? I think that's that's a legitimate question to start asking as we continue to move forward with this thing. I, I, I know it's legit to a degree, but this is a young man who's not searching for anything. When you start looking at individuals bouncing around, there's a couple things that go on, right? They're, they're searching for something. You, you, you don't get along. Tom Brady left New England to go to Tampa because he was searching for something that wasn't in New England. LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami because he was searching for something. KD leaves OKC to go to Golden State because he's searching for something. Steph Curry ain't searching for nothing. This is my team. This is my town. I've won championships and MVPs here. I ain't going nowhere. Where am I going? I hear you with that key, but you know this because you won a Super Bowl before. Once you win a championship, the only thing you want to do from that point on is to win more of them. That's it. And it just feels like with this Golden State Warriors team, as constituted, I think they've run out of of championship runs. Indeed. Last thing I'll say, I'm with Key on this one. Every chance they've had a chance to show, Steph, you're the man. He's the man. Durant's gone. You're here. We're signing you. New building. Every single time they've had a chance to say, you're the man, they have done it. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We are coming to you live from above the Heineken Riverdeck Seaport at Pier 17, brought to you by... Chase, as we chase down Texas A&M's head coach nine days from the draft.
I'm going to go key back into my Sports Center days and just tell you that I believe Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M's head coach, now league, uh, leads all SEC coaches in appearances on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. This is, his, this is his third. This is his third okay. appearance. He is with us. It's great to have Coach here. Coach, listen, um, everybody's talking about the big five quarterbacks, but you know, I watched Kellen Mond for his entire career in College Station. He's your quarterback. You guys went to great heights, had your best season at A&M with him in his senior season on the way out the door. The one thing I saw from him, I just thought he just got better every year, year after year after year. There are questions about his size, his durability. He put all that aside, and he just got better and better and better. Whoever drafts this kid, your guy, is getting what kind of player? A guy that's trying to prove himself every day. And I think that's very important for guys. Because I think, you know, you say, well, I, I want to be a Division One player. Or I want to be an NFL player. Well, I just don't want to get there. I want to stay there. Then I want to be an impact on the team. And I think you got to drive yourself to get better. And he's a guy who's been through the ups and downs. See, some of the, like I say, some guys that get drafted high, and we wonder why, you know, they don't always have success. I've had guys that have done it. Not, they've never faced failure. And sometimes facing failure and facing going through adversity, you don't know what a guy's going to do. You know what Kellen's going to do. He's going to work through it, and he's going to make his guys better. And he's a guy who loves the game. He loves the whys of the game, and I think that's very important in the NFL, especially a quarterback, not knowing that, hey, I just hit the play, but, you know, why that guy was open or why I could protect it and I could change my mics and redeclare the guys. And, and I know where my hots are coming from and things like that. I think they're very important. He's a student of the game, tremendous competitor, and has a very inner self driven guy inside to be successful and prove people that he's, he could be a great player. And I think that's a lot of that fortitude is what it's going to take at the next level because, like you say, the talent levels get equal. Now what, is, what, is, what are you going to do differently with your mindset, your work ethic, and your ability to overcome whatever you have to overcome? Coach, you run a more of a pro-style system, like you said. The yep. where, where's your hot coming from? What are your reads? Where are your side adjustments? You know, who's, who's moving the protections around? What type of offense will fit Kellen best in the NFL? You know, I think a guy that gives him the freedom to work both sides, he understands how to attack coverage. Uh, he understands how to fulfill, read things, and get across. And, you know, we put a lot of things on him where he can get to all five guys. And I, and I think he's a, if you watch, he's extremely re- understands how to get the ball out. See, the one of the things we had last year, if you look, we were second and third down percentage uh, on the year. And convert. We played like 57%, which is true. Red zone was really good. But also, we only gave up four sacks. Now, our offensive line did a great job, but he knows how to get the ball out. Where he's got to get it to, very rhythmic, can, can cut and, as I say, slice you up and understand how to do that and be patient with it and then throw the deep ball. So I think guys that do that, let to get the ball out, like in the West Coast type system, they get it out, understand how the rhythmic throw it, throw the rhythm throws and then take the shots as they go. But cause he, he, if you watch last year, we didn't have very many negative plays. Now, we had a lot of great plays, but we didn't have very many negative plays. And you know that, keeping yourself in third and makeables and then being able to convert, I think he does a great job at that. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M head football coach, 2013 national champion at Florida State, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Coach, let me ask you this. You had two former first-round picks in Jameis Winston and E.J. Manuel at the quarterback spot. Where does Kellen kind of compare, fit in with those guys at? He, he's really in between them because E.J. was very athletic. Mm-hmm. 
Looks like we just lost Coach there. We'll try to get him back. But that's an interesting comparison because the couple of guys like E.J. Manuel didn't really work out key at this particular mm-hmm. level in the NFL after he was drafted by Buffalo. But he's saying all the right things. The intangibles on Mond, he says, are off the charts. And you were, you were nodding when he answered my question and said, you know, sometimes facing failure and adversity can make a man. A- adversity is key. When I'm looking at prospects, what type of adversity? Is everything all rosy and great and everything – you know, that guy, I'll check the red box on that guy. Everything's clean. When you don't have adversity, I don't know your, how you're going to respond when I punch you. Are you going to hit back or are you going to fold your tent? And uh, Coach is back. He, uh, Coach, you were just in the midst of comparing E.J. Manuel, some of the other guys you had at FSU, to what you're seeing with Mon. Sorry we got cut off there. Go ahead. Well, I think he, he can create plays with his legs. Like, E.J. was very athletic, made throws, did things. Uh, Jameis understood the wide. I mean, both of them did, but Jameis would slice and dice you and then create some plays. He's kind of between them. He has he has uh, traits of both of them. But the one trait I think that all of the great ones have to have, they have to be unbelievably competitive. They have to raise the game of the guys around them, which I think we don't always um, pay enough attention to. And, how you know, changing culture. You know, EJ helped change the culture. Jameis took us to another stratosphere like like he did in the mindset of how they got to play. But from a physical standpoint, he can rhythmic throw it, get it out, like Jameis didn't do those things. Uh, Jameis was a tremendous deep ball guy. But EJ was so athletic with his legs and create things. So it's kind of a combination of both. But the one thing he has, the competitive nature, the mindset of understanding why things are done, and he raises the games of the guys around him and the culture of how to be successful. Coach, I want to ask you about a couple of guys that you had to prepare for in the SEC that figure into the early rounds of this year's NFL draft. Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Who was the tougher guy to prepare for? Well, they both were because they both had great wide receivers around them, too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were both really good. I mean, what Mac did was amazing to me. They threw the ball down the field so much. But, I mean, they had the skill set to do it. But Mac did. He was so accurate with the ball. And he got it out. He understood where to go with it. Kyle diced you more. Their, their passing game was a, it diced you up more. But uh, both understood ball placement accuracy on both guys. Decision making. Quarterback is down to two things. I mean, you got to raise the game around. You got to be competitive. But when you're on the field, your decision making and your accuracy is what what it gets down to. Can I process the information, get it to the right guy, and can I make a throw that gets the guy the ball? And both did that at an extremely high level. I know they had tremendous players around them. I really do. And uh, they both were. I mean, both had great games against us. We beat. We beat. I mean, Alabama beat us fifty-two, twenty-eight, or whatever it was. And then Florida, we beat forty, whatever, forty-four, forty-one. Both of them moved the ball extremely well. But they're both similar. Mac was really, really great on the deep ball. Trask diced you more underneath with more rhythmic type throws and the guys he had. But I'm gonna tell you what, the guys they had around them now, like I say, I think Devontae Smith is phenomenal. But the tight end at, at Florida, guys, that guy don't come around very often. <laughs> That's a guy that I, we just don't talk about enough in the way that NFL game's played. And the other guy, when you jump on him, Jalen Waddle is a guy that the explosiveness, him and Waddle and the tight end at Florida jump off the screen at you when you watch him on film and, and you have to defend him because they can do so many things. Well, Coach, I want to zoom in on Kyle Pitts since you brought him up. I mean, you said guys like that don't come around often. If you had a comparison to a guy from yesteryear that played the tight end position in the NFL, who would you say Kyle Pitts reminds you of? You know, you got all the guys today, which are – they're all – there's a lot of great ones. But, I mean, I remember this when I was a kid and I was coming up. Kellen Winslow is a guy you just didn't see. 
And he was a guy that was so far ahead of his time, in my opinion, the way he was used in San Diego, that that's the comparison I use. Not, I mean, the, the guys now getting up, they all got greater numbers because of the way the game's played. But there wasn't a Kellen Winslow. And, they, and I look at Pitts now, to me, and there's guys, they, these tight ends in this league are the biggest mismatches in the league. They're the guys, the nightmares to match up. But Pitts, to me, takes another step from those guys because his ability to run four four five at that size and, and catch radius and be able to maneuver his body is different. Like Winslow was different from everybody else back in the day, in my opinion. Coach, you won a national title with Jameis Winston at Florida State. You recruited him to Florida State. Now he gets an opportunity to take over, it seems like, to many of us, the starting quarterback position in New Orleans and gets an opportunity to prove to everyone he belongs. What do you expect from him this year as he gets ready to revive his career? i tell you what, I think he's in the perfect situation. I think because the type of offense in which they run at New Orleans was, is, is philosophically, that's what he, the way he plays. And it fits him very well. I mean, he's got one of the best play callers in the business. He's got a great offensive, offensive mind in Sean. And the, the weapons they have around him. And I think Jameis is a guy, too, now. You talk about the ultimate competitor and the ultimate worker. Loves everything about ball. Loves to work on ball. Uh, and I think Sean will be able – I think there will be a great fit personality-wise with Sean and him. I think will be a really good fit. I, I expect him to play well. I mean, I always have. I think he – I mean – when things get right, you know, you get in the right situation, the right organization at the right time. And nothing about Tampa, I think he had some great years there. But I think what he's in now is a very unique situation with the right guy that I think fits him personality-wise. I think he'll do very well. And, I, I, I mean, it, I'll be shocked if he doesn't have a really good year with those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys went to the pinnacle together in Tallahassee. Now Sean Payton's going to try to do the same thing in New Orleans. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you to continue having a great spring practice. I know everybody is fired up for the maroon and white game which is just a handful of days away as people are fired up for this Texas A&M season in 2021, especially after that brilliant 2020 campaign. Coach, thanks for taking a few minutes and enjoy the maroon and white game. Great to be with you guys. Have a great day. That's the great Jimbo Fisher. Tell what, man, he is, he has coached some of the greatest players in modern college football. People have don't sleep on what he did at Florida state. And obviously there at LSU with Saban together. I mean, just an incredible Incredible resume. Really appreciate his perspective this morning. On the way, he was the comeback player of the year who has decided not to come back, officially putting a bow on one of the greatest sports redemption stories we've ever seen. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. And this morning on television on ESPN News. Greeny coming back your way on Tuesday with Todd McShay as we continue to count down the days to the NFL draft. He's got all the insight you need and we'll take your questions. It's Greeny starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Step off a screen. Right sideline fades and fires. He got another one! <laughs> Steph Curry! He's on a different level. He's playing in a different universe than the rest of the NBA. Chris Canty asking the question of the morning on 95-7, the game. Steph's got to the game. How do you defend that? You can't, right? No, you can't defend that. You can defend Keyshawn's jump into the wastebasket. That's, <laughs> that's not very good. Stay in front of him, man. Just stay in front of him. If it was only that easy, Steph scored 49 Warriors over the Sixers. Curry has scored 30 points in 11 straight games. Longest streak by a player age 33 or older. He recorded his 11th 40-point game in April. <laughs> Think about that. His fifth 40-point game in April, passing Kobe, the late great Kobe Bryant, and Michael for the most 40-point games in a month by a player, again, at that threshold of 33 or older. They're a 29-29 and 29 team. They're sitting in ninth, which would get them in the play-in tournament. I don't care if it's just one game of Steph in the postseason. The NBA could desperately use it. Alex Smith has retired after 16 years in the NFL. We'll talk to one of his former head coaches here in just a moment. Obviously, he came in. As the number one overall pick, heard for years that he wasn't Aaron Rodgers, who was selected about 23, 24 spots below him, handled it well, and on the way out the door, mentored Patrick Mahomes, and then authored one of the greatest redemption stories and comebacks from injury in NFL history. Again, one of his former head coaches here to reminisce on the type of player and person we're going to miss in the NFL. And college basketball is going to miss Gonzaga freshman Jalen Suggs. I doubt the rest of the West Coast Conference will. They're happy to see him move on. He's declared for the NBA draft. And no matter what happens in his pro career, he will always and forever be known for that shot against UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Don't feel bad for Gonzaga. They lose Jalen Suggs and pick up his high school AAU teammate from the state of Minnesota, Chet Holmgren, the number one player Man, in the country. Man, that's a long ways to go to school from Minnesota <laughs> all the way up to, to Spokane. Up to Spokane. <laughs> that's a long ways. A lot of schools you're passing over. There's no doubt about it, and Holmgren could have gone to any school he wanted. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows from here on out, every game's a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to get through the playoffs, and it takes everything to capture a title. Goodyear, more dribble.
And it is a pleasure this morning to welcome in Jay Gruden, the former head coach of the Washington football team. Alex Smith arrived there in 2018. Jay was the head coach. Of course, the catastrophic injury forced him to miss the 2019 season, and 2020 ended up being Alex's final year in the league. Jay joins us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Coach, appreciate you being here. Um, Upon hearing yesterday's news of the retirement, after everything you had gone through with Alex Smith, knowing him the way that you do, how do you think he'll be remembered in NFL circles? As a winner, you know, I think that's the only way you can remember him. He's a winner. Uh, he's a great teammate, a great person. Um, at the end of the day, um, he's not a guy that lit up the stat board, uh, not a fantasy football first-round draft pick. But I'll tell you what, if you're a pro football coach, you love to have Alex Smith on your team because he makes the he makes every player on your team better, and he wins football games. And at the end of the day, when you come out of the tunnel uh, with Alex Smith as your starting quarterback, you have an excellent chance to win, and that's all you can ask for. Jay, do you think Alex stays retired? Because, you know, once the draft comes and you guys as coaches see what you actually have, you pick up the phone and you try and get a guy like that. Does he stay retired? I think so. I think Alex is the type of guy that he will do what he says he's going to do. He's not a guy that's going to backpedal and, and, and renege on something that he says. He's a stand-up guy. If he feels like it's time to retire, I'm sure he's talked it over with his wife, and uh, this is the decision he's made. He's going to stick with it, in my opinion. What, what do you think fueled his desire to get back on the field after that injury? Well, I think uh, it was such a, a it was such a major injury that there's a lot of people that said he can't do it. And I was probably one of them. Yeah, shoot, I didn't think he could do it either. And when you hear can't, 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 Alex is strong-minded as he is. He wants to prove people wrong. He had a great training staff working with him to get him back. Uh, gave him some uh, positive feedback um, and gave him an opportunity to get back. And, and I think when you're rehabbing from something like that, to have the carrot be, hey, I'm going to prove everybody wrong and come back and play, uh, that's a heck of a thing, especially for a great competitor like Alex. So he, he came back and, and <laughs> went 5-1 and one as a starter for the Washington football team and, and proved everybody wrong, including, my, including myself. Coach, what's the thing that you'll remember the most about Alex's playing career? Just steady, you know. He's just consistent in his approach to the game. He's a great, uh, he's a great example of how preparation uh, can get you where you want to be as a quarterback. He's a great example for his other teammates. Uh, he was an older player when we got him, an experienced player, but his the way he prepared, the way he got himself ready physically and mentally to play in an NFL game is second to none. And uh, you love the fact that he makes players around him better. He's a very unselfish quarterback. He doesn't care about stats. He'd rather he just soon handed off and get the touchdown and throw a touchdown pass. Um, he got everybody around him better, made the defense better, made the special teams better. And uh, I think he's just going to be missed as that consistent, steady Eddie quarterback uh, that makes you gives you an opportunity to win every game. Coach, switching gears a little bit, as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, a lot of people are wondering what it's like to evaluate these quarterbacks and to be a part of these war rooms where you have to make decisions about prospects that are closely grouped together in terms of overall grade. So can you take us behind the curtain and let us know what that's like when you're going through that process of evaluating signal callers coming out of the college ranks? No, it's a grind, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, if you don't have one, you're going to do everything you can in your power to get one. And it takes a lot of time and effort. I mean, you got to get inside these guys' heads. You got to see every game that they play. You got to meet with them before the draft. You got to see their pro day. You got to see uh, what they're made of from a mental standpoint. You got to check out their injury history. You want to see them spin the ball. You want to see them in critical situations on third down in the red zone. Um, then you got to get them in your building to see how they learn and pick up the terminology. 
Now, when you take them, um, you got to do the best you can to fit your system to what they're good at. So uh, it, it is a tough process. You know, it's never foolproof. Obviously, there's been a lot of mistakes made in the NFL drafting quarterbacks or quarterbacks didn't pan out, so to speak. Uh, but also, you have to give these guys time. They are 21, 22, 23 years old. And to ask them to come out of college without really uh, OTAs like we had in the past, uh, just a little training camp and maybe limited preseason games, and say, hey, go ahead here, start against the Dallas Cowboys week one. We expect you to throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns. It's probably unrealistic. These guys need some time to develop, and uh, you're going to take some lumps along the way. But if you give them a program, you give them a situation where they can't succeed, then you have a chance. But don't ask too much of these guys too soon. I'm telling you, they're not going to be Aaron Rodgers year one. It takes time for these guys to learn systems, develop them, and understand the pace of play is totally different than what they're used to. Jay, you've evaluated many quarterbacks, as you said, before. But when you look at Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, as you start to look at these guys, who stands out, though? Who's going to, in your mind, be I don't know, the, the most ready, successful young quarterback in a short period of time? Well, I think when you put everything together, obviously the number one pick is pretty obvious, Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's got the arm talent. So he's got all the intangibles that you're looking for. He's played a lot of quarterback. He's won a lot of games at Clemson. So, I mean, so the history, uh, the background, you see him on tape, you see him develop, uh, you see him make plays in critical situations. You see him escape the pocket, throw on the run, throw the deep ball from within the pocket. Uh, So he's done everything that you want a quarterback to do. Uh, So I think he's the most ready quarterback right now. Now there's these other quarterbacks that are very interesting. They have a different set of skills and a different skill set that can also provide a team with a major spark if they need a guy to come in and play or compete right away. I just put you in the spot right now. You are picking third for the 49ers. Trevor Lawrence is gone. Zach Wilson is gone. There's three or four other guys on the board. Who are you taking? Oh, shoot. I, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan, now, he did an unbelievable job with Robert Griffin his rookie year. So he has that aspect, too. So maybe he wants a quarterback that's more athletic. You know, everybody's kind of penciled in uh, Mac Jones, I guess, from Alabama, which is a good pick, too. I mean, the way he threw the ball, he had unbelievable weapons around him. I get that. But still, you have to drop back, deliver the ball on time and accurately to these guys. And they are a little bit more open than other teams' receivers, so to speak. But he's an excellent pick. But also, you have to understand that what he did with Robert Griffin and some of the zone reads and the play actions, uh, Robert is a rookie. You know, maybe Justin Fields would be attractive to him or, or, you know, a more athletic guy. So who knows? You know, these guys go through the process. They keep everything on the hush-hush, on the down low. It'll be interesting to see. But I'd probably lean towards Mac Jones with the production that he had at Alabama. Mm. Last one for you here, Coach, and that is – This year, it's just been a little bit harder to evaluate any and all positions because of the virus, the pandemic, the limited travel. But to Key's point, when you're drafting a quarterback, man, you got to be 100% sure because of everything he means to your organization on and off the field. From your friends and colleagues in the league, what have you heard just about navigating the process this year with some limitations in place that are obviously pretty unprecedented? Well, there's been a lot of mistakes made in the past, and there weren't many limitations. You know, you, so, so now with limitations, maybe it'll help teams out. They don't overthink the guys. You know, you watch the tape, you see their skill set, you take them. Uh, but, you know, they still have the ability to get these guys on the conference calls, the Zoom calls, and still grill them uh, mentally. I think that's a big thing you got to get across. You see their skill set on tape, you see their pro day, you get their measurements, you get their medical history. That's all well and good. 
Now you got to get underneath the hood a little bit and, and grill them mentally. And I'm sure they have the ability to do that. Uh, so that's the most important thing. So if they feel like they can handle an NFL offense year one, come in and play uh, in September with limited uh, uh, OTAs and training camp, so to speak, then, uh, you know, take the guy. But if you have to have to have a quarterback that they can maybe sit behind that maybe you need him next year or the year after uh, for your franchise's long run, then uh, that's not a bad option either because quarterbacks obviously are the keys to your franchise. You can never have too many of them. That's right. Don't overthink it. Of course, everybody in the NFL definitely overthinks it, but it's a, it's a good notion and sentiment to have. Coach, it's great to have you back on the program. Some unique insight as the draft sits nine days away. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Jay. He's right about that. He's definitely right oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, right yeah. Some, team, some teams <laughs> overthinking it, paralysis by analysis, end up making are huge they, mistakes. Are they overthinking it or they just don't know what they're seeing? Are they overthinking it or is it that they don't know what they're seeing? I think they don't trust their eyes. They like don't they, know what they're seeing. Because like Jay said, I can put in the damn tape and tell you whether or not the dude can play. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is sit down and talk to you now and get underneath the hood. Put you on the board, get underneath the hood, and I'll be able to tell if you can decipher that information, retain that information, and spit it out to the guys in the huddle, and the guys will believe in who you are. Indeed. It's not that difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not. Yet, yet with quarterbacks, it's still a 50-50 proposition. Exactly. It's amazing, right? We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get your quote today, Progressive Com. On the way, you talked about paralysis by analysis. They asked Kevin Durant to analyze and come up with his top five teammates. He left off a pretty darn notable guy. And in that vein, <laughs> we're going to put Key on the spot doing the very same thing. We're going to have a little fun with this on the way after Key has this from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for their spring break deals on lawn and garden batteries, tools, brake kits, and more. Kick off the season right with fresh batteries for your lawn and garden gear. For a limited time, purchase any Superstart lawn and garden battery and get a $10 gift card after mail-in rebate, don't miss out on the savings. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAutoPart.com. Riley in South Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, Jay one listen to man. I'm a big fan. Hey, Jay, I appreciate your football acumen. Hey, Zubin, you the man. Key, I appreciate you and you was down there in Carolina too, baby. I appreciate More that. More from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And Key's real rankings actually have an NBA twist to them. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, which tomorrow will include Dabo Sweeney. 9.30 a.m. Eastern as obviously he gets ready to see his quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, go number one in nine days. So much to talk about with Dabo. They actually just had their spring game a couple of weeks ago. And DJU, our guy DJU, Clemson's quarterback of the president future, looked great as well. Dabo tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Clemson started California the quarterback you. Yeah, California kid. There's no doubt about Another, that, Chris. Yeah, dude, that should have gone to SC. <laughs> All right. So here we go. <laughs> Kevin Durant yesterday made a little bit of a faux pas, or maybe he didn't, depending on your point of view. Kevin's a pretty savvy guy. He was asked who his top five teammates were, reeled off all the guys that you would expect, and then had to backtrack and say, oh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. That dude I played with in OKC, I should have, <laughs> I should have mentioned him. Initially left Russell Westbrook off the list, but... He atoned, he put him right back on. So in that vein, we're going to ask Key, who his top five teammates were at all of his stops in the NFL and at the USC Trojans. We're going to go day by day, team by team. We will start today (laughs) with Key's top five teammates with the New York Jets. Number five. This guy you wouldn't know unless you was a diehard New York Jet fan, but this is a close friend of mine. It's like a brother. We, we, We live together in L.A. We've played college ball together, high school ball together. We were roommates at the New York Jets. We both got drafted at the same time. Christopher Hayes, primarily a special teams player that played with me in 1996. We actually cut him. He left, went to the Green Bay Packers, won the Super Bowl in 1996 with them. Bill Parcells comes back in and trades a pick to get him to bring him back to play for us because that's how dominant he was on the special team side. You know how Bill – Values the special team side. Number four. Number four is a guy named Brian Cox, Mm -hmm. middle linebacker, number 51, with the big, tall neck roll, intimidating. (laughs) He came to us from the Miami Dolphins. Bill said to me when we signed, he said, man, you're going to like this guy. And he was that sounding board to a degree for me on the sidelines to just keep everything nice and easy. And when things wasn't going well, he was the guy to fire me up to go get into the coach's ass to tell them <laughs> they've got to get me the ball. So B. Cox would be like, yo, 19. You better, you know. And so it was one of those deals. But do not stand next to Brian Cox in Buffalo because you will get hit with a frozen battery. They couldn't stand him with the Buffalo Bills. Number three. Aaron Glenn is my number three guy. A.G. A.G. played with me, the Dallas Cowboys, as well as here at the New York Jets. Phenomenal, underrated defensive back. Can run with the wind, the best of them. Our lockdown corner when we had our great years here in New York, who is now the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. I mean, he's like a brother again. We have a relationship to this day. So he was also one of my favorites. Number two. Number two is my favorite Martin, Curtis Martin. (laughs) I remember when we got Curtis, Bill, I asked Bill, I said, man, why are you trading Adrian Morrell? 
And he goes, you just let me do this. I know what I'm doing. You're going to love this guy. I'm like, Bill, it's the same. You're getting the same statistics. He's going to give you the 13, 1400 yards that Adrian Morrell gave us. And he's like, no, it's different, Key. And I didn't understand what he meant by that, but it was different. It, it was just different. He gave us basically the same numbers, but it was how he gave it to us. It was the, it was the five, the eight, then rip off 20. Then it was a rip off of 20, then a five and an eight, where Adrian might rip off a 60, but then lose yardage in the process. So it's kind of like I got it. But just as a total person, Curtis Martin, favorite for sure. Number one. Vinny Testaverde. How could it not be a quarterback to a receiver? I mean, Vinny, <laughs> Vinny again, when we signed Vinny in the in this training camp, Bill said to me, I got a surprise for you. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. And I, for some reason, kept thinking they were talking about Rodney Pete mm-hmm. because Dan Henning coached Rodney Pete, and he loved Rodney Pete. And, and I just, for some reason, I kept thinking they were talking about Rodney Pete. And then it was Vinny Testaverde. And I'm like, oh, blankety, blankety, blank. We got mm-hmm. Vinny. Now, Vinny didn't start the beginning of the year. Glenn Foley started, and I think we went either two and three or three and two or whatever it was. And then Vinny took over, and that was the rest was history. My career was born as a New York Jet in 1998 with Vinny Testaverde at the starting quarterback position. So if I'm a Jet fan, I'm not a Jet fan, but I know a lot of Jet fans, they might be curious on the order of number two and number one. I just want to mention number two is a gold jacket, and then number two is also the sixth all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. Yeah, it's it's – it's my list, <laughs> and it's my players that I interacted with and had friendships with along the way, and I endured and enjoyed watching them play. It, had not, it has nothing to do with who has a gold jacket or not a gold jacket mm-hmm. or whose statistics are better at the stop or anything like that. This is just my list. And then there's, you know, the list can grow because I got along with all my teammates. We were all just great. Jumbo Elliott could be on the list. As a left tackle, I loved being able to team up with him on double downs on defensive ends up to middle linebackers when I had to scrape to the top when we were blocking. It was he blocked for me, but Jumbo doesn't make the list. Yeah. And it's just what it is. Now, Key, how many of those guys on that list would you characterize as Bill Parcells guys? Cause just because they play for Parcells don't mean they're one of his guys. So every many, every last person every, on that list. Everyone on that list. Every that last, was a Parcells guy. Every last one was a think about it. He traded back for Chris Hayes mm-hmm. after we got rid of him with Richie Cotide. A year later, Bill <laughs> trades. I think he traded a six-round pick to get the dude back. And then think about it. He, we went through all of that for Curtis Martin, mm-hmm. everything. We went through everything to get Curtis Martin. They gave up picks, the whole deal. He drafted Curtis from Pittsburgh to New England. Then he brought in Vinny Testaverde and Aaron Glenn, he inherited, but then he went and got AG to come with us in Dallas. Yeah. So when you start to look at the, all those guys, all those guys, Brian Cox, he signed B. Cox. Yeah. He brought in B. Cox to play linebacker alongside Pepper Johnson and Marvin Jones. We should also mention that we're going to do this for all of Key's other teams, the Bucks, the Cowboys, Carolina, and we will do it. I better make that Cowboys list. Yeah, I, I better make I, that Cowboys yeah, I USC know, I too. I better make that list. <laughs>
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.